The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 502. 502. 502. 502. Starting 502. The Starting 502 Podcast, powered by the state of Louisville. And we're back for another edition of the Starting 502 Podcast. As always, my name is Preston Meyer, your loyal host with the most. I'm riding solo tonight. To be honest, I think Nick Connor is probably glad that he has the night off. Because uh, what the hell just happened? Furman, the Furries, the team with uh, with a chant that is essentially "Go fu," let's go fu. It's what uh, I heard a lot of purple-clad folks saying tonight in the KFC Yum Center for a game that I paid a take ticket to watch my team lose in a game in which my favorite university paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for a team of players to come in and kick their ass. Louisville loses to Furman in overtime tonight in the KSC Yum Center without Chris Mack on the sidelines. Get into that a little bit later on. Um, yeah, not a good look for Louisville. Not what you want to see. Um, I mean, you, you, you can't say that we didn't warn you. I think coming into the season, uh, if you listen to the Starting 502 podcast, if you listen to Nick Connor and myself, especially just on this last podcast, just on the last post-game podcast, we warned you, Furman is not to be troubled with. They're a solid team. They hit 22 threes uh, their last time out. I don't care if it was against the Little Sisters of the Poor. Uh, it still happened. Uh, Furman is a solid shooting team. They proved that again tonight, shooting 44% from behind the arc. Um, Furman's a solid team. They have... Uh, they had a solid um, upset victory over Villanova recently. Uh, they have beaten a number of really solid teams, power five teams over the last few years. Regardless, still a team you should probably beat. But Berman, one of the favorites to win the Southern Conference, very well may win the Southern Conference. Uh, both well and Hunter, uh, their two best players, uh, a senior, a fifth-year senior. They both voted preseason 
conference type of players that we're talking about. Uh, Bothwell came in and scored 20 points in the final half of the game. Um, not a surprise, uh, but, but Louisville showed up a, a, a team that essentially they, they were essentially the team that you saw in game one. Um, and we said uh, in the post game after the last game, if Louisville shows up and they're the same team, next game they will get beat by Furman, and that's exactly what happened. Louisville had chances to put the game away. Furman finishes on in well, they 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 finish they started overtime um, on on a seven zero run, eleven zero run at the end of the second half, going into overtime, just an absolute mess. Finished the game on a seventeen to five run. Noah Locke essentially was the only player who scored in overtime. It was just, it was just awful. Um, we can get into, you know, exactly what happened. I mean, essentially breaking it down, Louisville has, has experimented and played a lot with lineups without Chris Mack. And, and, and that's what happens a lot in the early season. But I think the head coach tends to have his guys that he trusts at the end of the game. And it doesn't feel like Mike Pegues uh, and, and the Louisville coaching staff really had a good feel uh, for, for what their expectations are for their players yet. And that's a bit concerning. Louisville tried it all tonight. They, uh, they went at the 10-30 mark in the second half. They went Faulkner, Ellis, and Locke um, at the guard positions. Then right after that, they, uh, they substituted in Jared West for, no, for uh, Mason Faulkner. They had West, Ellis, and Locke in. Um, seems like the coaching staff was very involved. It seemed like a, a, a group uh, effort tonight. Uh, Ross McMaines was very involved. Uh, he was calling the plays from the bench, especially in the second half. As soon as Louisville got the defensive rebound, uh, they were immediately on the attack with Ross McMaines out of out of his seat, calling plays from the sideline. That's not really something we saw in the first game, so a bit of a, bit of a change there. Seemed like he was the de facto offensive coordinator. Um, the underage stretch again. West, Locke, Davis, Withers, Trainer. Um, kind of an experimental type of lineup. You have Davis at the three, Trainer at the five. An interesting little change up there. West and Locke is an interesting combination to have in in a game where I, I, I know they're the, the two starting guards, but it's an interesting combination to have in. Uh, when 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 you're when you have a team that's kind of got your number on on, on the defensive end, um, West and Locke are both solid defenders in their own rights, but but they were kind of outplayed a little bit uh, on the defensive end. Um, it would have been interesting to see uh, if if L. Ellis could have you know given them a run for their money if you got a little bit more clock. Uh, definitely interesting seeing that Matt Cross and, and Mike Piggy said after the game that that. He takes full responsibility for not playing Matt Cross enough tonight. Um, really interesting to see Matt Cross not in the game down the stretch. At the under four timeout, again, Faulkner and West in the backcourt. Um, that final play of the game uh, on the defensive end, West, Faulkner, Davis, Withers, and Williams. Um, essentially the starters, Sands, Locke. I kind of like that a little bit better. It seemed like they were taking Noah Locke out, um, kind of subbing offense for defense. Um, but I think that's that's kind of a theme of this game. Uh, you have 
you have a Furman team who just has a solidified, they just have a solid starting five, uh, and they just kind of ran with their starting five the entire game. Um, so that was kind of an interesting thing to watch. Louisville essentially had 11 guys that they were trying to rush in and out, subbing offense for defense. Not a lot of flow from that from that Louisville team tonight. Uh, and I, I think that's kind, that kind of cost them. They missed a lot of open shots. They were 7 for 28 in the second half. 7 for 28. Um, that, that affects the way that they shoot. Um, it affected the tempo tremendously in this game. The end-of-game execution was a huge issue for Louisville tonight. They missed defensive assignments. Uh, Malik Williams, shockingly, coming into this season, I saw Malik Williams as a first-team all-conference uh, defensive type of player. Like, I saw him as an all-conference de- 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 defender this year. Like, that is who Malik Williams is. That's what he's hung his hat on in his career. Hustle plays, diving on the floor, blocks, deflections, uh you know, hedging on screens like crazy, just being just a do-it-all type of guy. That was not the Malik Williams that we've – well, that's not the Malik Williams we've seen in the first two games. Uh, not even close, to be quite frank with you. Uh, and, and Malik Williams had the size advantage. Louisville had the size advantage down low um, with, with Malik Williams and Sidney Curry tonight. And you simply just did not see Malik Williams able to stay with his man. And it makes me think, you know, I'll get into my my one big, two big things from each player as I do after each game. Um, But Malik Williams, it's got to be said, has to be better on the defensive end. Um, On the offensive end, the missed layups are just inexcusable. I mean, you just – Louisville makes their their baskets – they make the shots around the basket tonight. They win that game easily. You can get into the ifs, ands, or buts. You can get into all of the – the nuances of the game, which, you know, that's what we do. That's what we're doing here. Um, but essentially, it just comes down to making layups. And, and Mike Piggy said as much after the game. Essentially, what I'm getting to is we've gone through a football season where we uh, listen to Scott Satterfield uh, come into each post-game press conference and after they lose and just do everything but take responsibility for just, just not being efficient enough, just not making the right decisions uh, as a coaching staff uh, and that ultimately costing them the game. So as a Louisville fan, at least we can have uh, the fact that Mike Piggies took full responsibility and said, uh, Louisville just simply has to be better in every facet of the game. I believe that was his exact quote. We need to improve in every facet of the game. Mike Piggies said Louisville was not tough enough tonight especially on the glass. And I, and I 100% wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, you know, people around me were commenting on, you know, it seems like Louisville uh, on the offensive end, especially they don't crash the glass at all. A shot goes up. They start running back on defense. I get that. You're playing a solid Furman team, a team that's going to, going to put shots up and make them more than they miss them. Uh, but look, you got to be an aggressor on the glass against, against a team with lesser athleticism you have to be the aggressor. Louisville simply was not. Uh, they got called for a bunch of ticky-tacky stuff tonight. But, I mean, you have to expect that when you're the bigger, more athletic team, you're going to get called for those kinds of fouls. You need to be the aggressor. You need to show that, show that that's your ball. When, you are, when you're the, the rebounder, when you are the, the – when it's a 50-50 ball and you have an opportunity to, to, to grab the ball, you have to be – 
more assertive than Louisville has been. Mike Begee said as much. Um, I like to comment that, that somebody said on Twitter tonight, I'm still bitching about football. I don't have enough energy to bitch about basketball. That's kind of the way I feel tonight. You know, I don't think it's an end-all, be-all game. I think without Chris Mack, I tweeted it out tonight. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. And I'm not talking about uh, the way that, that Chris Mack handled any situations. I'm talking about the way that the Louisville administration handled the suspension of Chris Mack uh, on this very podcast. Um, you know, we, we've discussed um, ad nauseum the stupidity, the, sh- the sheer stu- stupidity of the Chris Mack suspension. It's just dumb. Just putting, shedding a, even more negative light um, on a program that just cannot get out of its own way. Um, when that sort of stuff happens, it's just going to keep compounding on itself. The last thing you knew, need to do is continue to punish yourself. In a game where Louisville literally paid another team to come in and, you know, it's was essentially, I know Furman is a little bit different than South, Southeastern Louisiana Tech, um, but still, uh, any team from the Southern Conference, Louisville should be a double-digit favorite and ultimately crush them. Uh, Louisville had every opportunity to win this game tonight, simply did not. Let's go over a little bit about each player. Um, you know, I try to make comments, um, make notes about each player throughout the game. Start with Malik Williams. I still feel like Malik Williams is still a step slow. Um, he's an assertive leader when he needs to be. Um, the offense should run through him more. I truly believe that. But ultimately, Malik Williams is still not where he needs to be. We'll get to it a little bit down the list. I felt like Sidney Curry needed more clock tonight. Not sure why he didn't get that. Noah Locke, stone cold killer. Let's go ahead and get to the player of the game as well. Noah Locke, hands down player of the game. Best player on offense. Started out a little shaky. Had a few bad turnovers. I think that was more a result of Louisville kind of had some kind of weird experiment where they were playing Noah Locke at the point guard, it looked like. Uh, turned the ball over a couple times. Was not aggressive as aggressive enough as aggressive as he needed to be in the lane uh, like Jared West and LLS have been uh, at the point. Not sure why we're seeing Noah Locke at the point guard uh, like five minutes into the game. From that point on, though, it seemed like he played with no fear, made timely plays, timely rebounds, solid passes. Noah Locke player of the game for sure. Jared West, J-Rod, the clutch leader of the team, still feel that way. As I kind of hinted at, though, I am a little hesitant to uh, give Jared West a lot of props quite yet, Um, Well, especially after this game, just because I feel like he needs a little more. There's not a sharpness to Jared West's game yet. You can tell that he's a solid leader. He's a vocal leader. He is, you know, kind of, he he knows where everybody needs to be at all times. Um, But at the same time, his decision-making has to get quicker. His passing has to get crisper. Um, He, like everybody else on the team, uh, needs to know his place, especially on this offense. I still love Jared West's defense. Um, I still think that you have to have him on the floor, especially for important defensive possessions. We saw that tonight, uh, a great final play there at, by Louisville's defense as a whole, uh, barely even allowing Furman to get a shot off. So that was solid at the end of regulation, and then they kind of crapped the bed in overtime. Jalen Withers. Seems like he's trying to transform his game a little bit too much. 
going away from what his strengths are in his game. A lot of three-point attempts tonight, two for seven from beyond, beyond the arc. Still finished with 14 points, but still not the Jalen Withers that we know that he can be. Uh, Dre Davis, I'm kind of waiting for this guy to explode. A lot of negativity cast upon Dre Davis. Understandably so as a starter, doesn't show up in the box score a lot. The, the staff clearly trust him, though, and it show, he showed why uh, towards the end of the game some really important defensive possessions at the end, at the end of regulation. Uh, I want to see more assertiveness, though, though, when it's appropriate from Dre Davis, and especially I want to see him start finishing around the basket. Um, and again, just like last year, some inexplicable, unexcusable missed layups around the basket. Got to make those, buddy. Matt Cross, ninth man off the bench tonight, and he wasn't in enough towards the end of the game. Uh, we talked about it a little bit. Mike Begee's said as much that it was on him it fell on him that that Matt Cross didn't make it in the game as much as he should have been uh I kind of already went over what the lineups looked like uh during each segment to end the game and Matt Cross was not in in the lineup very much and man that yeah that was it was that was a tough finish to watch but especially without seeing probably your you know ballsiest player on the team um L. Ellis, does he deserve more playing time? I think absolutely. I think I thought L. Ellis was really impressive tonight. Had kind of that awesome behind the back and then split between two defenders and with a tough finish. I like that L. Ellis is kind of a bleep talker. Like, I like that L. Ellis. I think that we've barely seen L. Ellis and Matt Cross on the floor at the same time. I think a Jared West, Matt Cross, L. Ellis uh, front court would be uh, really interesting to watch because those are the three kind of like fieriest players on the team. Uh, I think that'd be an interesting thing to see. Mason Faulkner impressed with him tonight, finally coming into his own. Uh, he's a solid, trusted defender. Um, he was in a lot towards the end of the game. He's a great passer. He had six assists tonight. Um, Mason Faulkner's finally coming into his own. While Malik Williams seems like he's just not getting healthier, uh, Mason Faulkner seems like he is inching closer to being at full speed. I said after the last game, I wasn't sure he was going to be at 100% until conference play. Still might be the case. Um, but by the same token, um, I thought that he was much, much better than we had seen in the scrimmage and the exhibition game that he played in the first game. So um, best we've seen Mason Faulkner so far. Sam Williamson, no show tonight. Should have seen it coming. 14 and 14 in night one. Uh, the exact opposite in in, in game two. Um, JJ Trainer still just not getting any clock. And poor JJ. We know what he's capable of. We know he deserves more playing time. There's no doubt about that. Um, but when he did get in during an important moment tonight... When he had a chance to finally push Louisville ahead by three possessions, uh, made just the weirdest, dumbest pass uh, of the night uh, that resulted in a turnover and kind of flipped the game from what should have been a seven, eight-point lead to only, uh, I believe, a three- or two-point lead. So, Roosevelt Wheeler, DNP tonight. Um Interesting night at the five spot for sure. 
Um, Louisville got essentially all of its productivity tonight from its guards. A lot of product productivity from the guards. I was impressed with their play. It was really a guard-oriented game. Uh, Malik Williams only had two points on the night. Uh, the guy that he was in charge, and I, and I apologize, I do not know who he was defending, but but the but the smaller, a uh, little bit more spry um, five man for Furman really kind of torched Williams quite a few times when he was on the offensive end. And Louisville, I guess, just didn't feel comfortable. I mean, Roosevelt Willard didn't play. And Sidney Curry, just I don't even remember seeing him on the floor in the last 16 minutes of the game. I could totally be wrong, but uh, I would have to look into the kind of extended box score there. But uh, no Rose Wheeler tonight. Uh, very little Sidney Curry. Uh, you saw um, J.J. Trainer at the five a little bit. Wasn't impressive at all got to get more out of the bigs you got to have you have to have Jalen Withers being your best player as we've said all along Jalen Withers has to play like he's your best player and he simply is not so far Uh, I mean 14 points is kind of what Louisville should expect out of him on an off night Jalen Withers absolutely has the tools to take over a game I don't want to see him doing what he did tonight where he just floated out on the perimeter he was not as he was not assertive on either end of the floor. You got to see more from Jalen Withers. As I said, coaching staff, you you have some work to do. I think if you have Chris Mack, you win that game tonight. Still, could be I don't know. It's truly hard to say what would happen if you had Chris Mack, but you have to look at some of the questionable decisions from the coaching staff. Uh, Mike Pegues seemed to indicate that. Um, I, I mean, I like putting the ball in Noah Locke's hands. Don't get me wrong. Towards the end of the towards the end of the game, the final offensive possession. But look, Louisville had the ball with 34 seconds left. Uh, they had time to draw up a play for Noah Locke. He came off a curl a curl at the top of uh, at the top of the key, kind of a spot where he's known to make some big shots. Um, but it was only like 10 seconds into the shot clock. Louisville could have run the run the clock all the way down to like inside 10 to 15 seconds and really not give, given Furman much of a chance towards the end of the game. Um, Louisville had to come up with a big defensive stop after Furman missed a shot and then called timeout with five seconds left. Um, so I did. I, I liked the play. I thought it was an okay play call for Noah Locke. I'm not sure why against a team in a Southern Conference when you're when the game is tied why you can't draw up a play for somebody to get to the bucket, be it L. Ellis, Jared West, Locke, Matt Cross. Like, you have plenty of guys who could definitely take a player from Furman off the dribble, either get to the foul line or get a decent look or even draw a defender and dump it off. Like, you, I, I don't understand the logic of, of I, I I don't mind the play call necessarily. I think there are better play calls. I I think there are better options out there than running Noah Locke off a curl screen, uh, ten seconds into the shot clock, and giving Furman a a full possession at the end of the game, a full enough possession that they ran their offense, didn't have anything, called timeout, and then essentially forced Louisville's hand again. I'll re- reiterate again, Furman went on an 11-0 run from the end of the second half into overtime. 
17-5 to end the game. Inexcusable. Just absolutely inexcusable. Um, to, start, to start the game, Furman was going off. They were up, I believe, 24-12 to at one point. Louisville came back, tied it up at 30-30, to uh, and went into, into halftime up 37-33. to That's a great run. That's, that's exactly the type of stuff that you want to see. And in, in that segment, Furman had no answer. Louisville was solid on the defensive end, running all kinds of different offensive sets, um, running all kinds of different players on and off the court. Everything was working in that segment of the game. Essentially, the, the under 12, under 8 segment and a little bit of the under 4 segment, really solid from Louisville, really solid stretch if you want to have any positive takeaways. But again, ultimately, didn't seem like Louisville came prepared off the bat. You should never be down 24-12 to a team from the Southern Conference. Um, Furman had double-digit leads on multiple occasions. Don't think Louisville ever pushed it up to double digits. Furman went on a 7-0 run to start the to start overtime. They were on an 11-0 run. They finished the game on on, on that 17-5 run. Like that's just that that's that's tough to stomach. It seemed like there was zero urgency down the stretch. Um, there was a there was a little stretch there uh, towards the end, end of overtime. Like I was, I'm not a person who gets super pissed at one way or the other. It's the second game of the season, but. It was very frustrating watching Louisville kind of just not get a good look on offense against, again, against Furman, not getting a good look on offense, right? Um, towards, the end, towards the end of overtime, and then Furman getting the rebound, and Louisville just, like, not pressuring the ball. Like, they were down, I believe, seven points at the time. Like, that's three possessions. Louisville was down three possessions to Furman with like a minute and a half, minute and 20 seconds left in overtime, not pressuring the ball, confusion, just letting Furman just bleed the clock out. Just not what you want to see. Just the end of game execution, just not good. Layups tonight, Mike McGee said as much, what the hell? Layups, got, you have to make your layups. You got to make, when you get close to the bucket, I think we'll miss three layups to start the second half. I think I don't think they made I think they missed their first seven shots in the second half. Can't do that. Again, I'll reemphasize Bothwell from Furman scored 30 points tonight, 20 after halftime. Bothwell shot 15 free throws. Louisville shot 19 free throws as a team. That's not okay. Furman got to the line 26 times. Louisville got to the line 19 times. Again, that's not okay. Emphasize again, Malik Williams picked on time and time again in the pick and rolls, yet he played, I believe, the second most minutes on the roster. Not okay. No sense of urgency. As Pegues said, need to improve in every facet of the game. Now, you move on to Navy. Monday night, Louisville hosts Navy. Um... A Navy team. We'll see what happens. I, I I believe they have an in-between game. We'll see what happens. But Navy went into Virginia, upset Virginia, beat Virginia by eight points. I mean, look, Louisville staring one and two right in the puss if they if they do the same exact thing again. 
got to be better. Have to be better. It's not the end of the world if you lose to Furman the second game of the season and you learn from it, right? Like, that's, that's, the, that's the ultimate takeaway from this. Louisville can get better in every facet of the game, unquestionably. But now is the time without Chris Mack that the team has to learn how to dig in and become a true team without their head coach. You have to learn from it. You can steal a game later on in the season. You can be a six-point underdog against Duke and pull one out. You can beat Virginia on the road. You know, you can do, you know, I don't know, Virginia's not as good as this year, but you can pull off a game that you aren't expected to win. You can find this win somewhere else because Furman, more than likely, is going to end up being in the NCAA tournament. More than likely, it's probably going to be a quad two loss. That's not the end of the world. But it is a major season-altering game if you don't learn from it right away. You obviously have a very solid Navy squad coming to the KFC Yum Center on Monday. Got to be better. Got to be better. That's all we got for tonight. I think 28 minutes is quite long enough for for you guys. Um, Until next time, hopefully we'll be talking in a more positive light after the Navy game. Thanks for tuning in. Starting 502 Podcast. Signing off. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.